Yo, what is good? Advanced Pro Basketball Show, uh, or APB Show, as we like to call it. We got Ian and Alex back on the line to talk some prospects, to talk a little bit OKC young players, some international players, some wing prospects, and we're, we're going to hop all over the place. But before we do that, I want to say what's good to my man Alex with that beautiful Bulls hoodie on right now. How you doing, man? I'm doing well, bro. I'm uh, graduating this weekend, so good vibes all around. Congratulations. Getting a full-time basketball, hopefully. So. Hey, basketball needs you full-time, here. baby. Basketball needs you full-time. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and then we also got Ian. What's good, Ian? How you doing? Doing well. I'm doing well, all things considered. Pumped to talk some hoops, some young guys. It's always fun to talk about like what could be, like the potential. So I'm hyped. Yeah, because when, once you find out, there's nothing to find out, right? Right. <laughs> so, uh, so let's get into a topic that you actually suggested in our in our WhatsApp chat uh, before um, we start recording. The OKC young guys started in, uh, intrigued you, and you know me and Alex were like, "Oh, Poku, let's get it. Let's talk about Poku. Everyone loves Poku." And then you were like, "No, no, no, no. I got I got some other other ideas." So I want you to just kick it off with with you know a few players that have that have been catching your eye. Why, um, and what do you think that they could become to to kick this off? Yeah, and so with that said, I kind of want to draw back to like a, a sort of a meta point, right? Where you look at the process Sixers, right? And you look at that team and in the moment, who are these guys, right? They're losing. There's not a lot of good players. Uh, but then you, you come back to today and you say, oh, Robert Covington, Christian Wood, Jeremy Grant, you know, names like that who are, um, you know, they were bad players on a bad team, but then they improved year by year. And so I feel like that's just a common theme of, of these, these young guys who are on, you know, teams that are struggling. Uh, but they're sort of diamonds in the rough, right? And, you know, all of those guys were, weren't picked in the first round. Um, and so with OKC, I have a little bit of recency bias because they killed the Celtics, right, um, in a weird game that they probably didn't want to win. But I think, like, if you were to give a most improved player a year award, I would just give it to all the second-year guys on OKC, if that's possible. Um, a guy that I really like, he's actually played half his minutes at center, is Isaiah Roby. Um, and I was watching some Isaiah Roby film this morning from Nebraska. And his stats at Nebraska aren't jaw-dropping, right? Like, he's averaging 11 points in his senior year. He's having some athletic flashes. But he's a guy that, and I'm, I'm curious to hear both, both of your guys' takes. Um, maybe you haven't watched a ton of film on him, but just the concept of him. He's a very scalable player, in my opinion. And um, I just really liked what I saw from him. Uh, there are other guys that I want to talk about, but we can we can hone in on Roby specifically. I like him. Alex, any? Yeah. So at Nebraska, I, I did like Roby. Um, I wasn't as high on him as other other people were per se, but you know what what you see in him is you know a six eight mobile forward. Um, with with some of the bulk to defend some fives in the NBA and the athleticism to hang with them as well. Uh, he was also skilled enough to, you know, step out and shoot the three uh, a little bit. And, you know, I really want to see that continued developments uh, this year. I know he's shooting like uh, 34% or so and decent free throw numbers. Um, so if you can find stretch bigs 
that can that are mobile that can you know play in space um and and just you know be that end-to-end rim runner as far as being able to create an athletic advantage in transition there's always a place for those guys in the league and I, i'm really glad to see roby getting getting his shot with this team because i mean that uh, he, he he really wasn't doing anything I mean, he averaged zero points per game last year. So yeah. it's great to see that, you know, 10-point jump and for, all the above. I'm excited to see what he's going to do in the future. For me, um, this topic as a whole, um, and De- Roby definitely slides into this as well, uh, it's about knowing who's really showing out in, in these times of let's test everyone out versus who's getting their numbers because we're actually testing everyone out. Right. Um, so I think that there there is a realness to the bad uh, good player or bad player good team bad team empty stats. Sorry, I'm I'm flustering my yeah. thoughts. But empty stats. So a player that's just getting a bunch of stats um, on a bad team that's not successful. But I think uh, a more difficult delineation are players who are player playing like role players on a bad team or a rebuilding team because there's so many minutes le- uh, available that actually might not be playing that well um when when the stakes get higher when when that team goes on and like you know you you brought up Robert Covington as a Sixers process example but but there were a lot of players in that Sixers team that that was getting some minutes that were that were probably getting some stats too uh that you know might not be in the league I, off the top I can't think of examples cuz cuz that's a little bit of deeper cut than normal um but I think that's the Michael Carter Williams. The, yeah, that's something that's very interesting Tony to Roten. me. Tony Roten. Tony Roten. Yeah, or TLC. He actually TLC was playing decent. Um, I forgot who he was on last, but with Brooklyn, I think he was playing. He he was doing some yeah, stuff uh, really well. with the Bulls. Um, so you know, teams definitely have their work cut out for them when they're going through these uh, rebuilding times. But um, all right, so Roby, who else? Who who else is sticking out? So another guy that just like didn't miss during this game and probably hasn't missed this season, like a shot from three. And by the uh, way, by the, be, so, sorry, I'm cutting you off heavy, but um, you're saying this game. I just want to let y'all know the context of this one game oh. relative to all the games around that game. Um, <laughs> if you go into basketball reference, um, you can see about one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 losses in a row. And they're all by like twenty plus points, um, besides maybe like four or five of them. So, so it's it's always funny to, to, or not funny, but I think valuable to you know give give that context a little bit. But I think these games, these one-off games, are not insignificant to me because it it, do, it does show um, them clicking and what they could and what these players could look like while clicking, and also the games that they lose not as big of a of a difference um, in the score. But sorry, I cut you off. Uh, let, let me get back to you. No, no, you're you're good, and it's it's a good point to mention just in general. Like this was one, I think their yeah first win in like 14 games, yeah. which is a bad thing for the Celtics, right? But um, it's it was I I really was you know impressed by Ty Jerome, just in this game, but just generally. Like I think they have to take him out at times because he's you know shooting too well, um, but. He's he's a player that is also like a big guard, very versatile, and I think like he can be an impact player on a decent team. Um, and you know, another guy that I think he was drafted in the late first round, um, who is you know 
he's not going to wow you with, you know, athleticism, but it was just like impressive to, to see his range, like kind of Jimmer type range uh, from this, from this one game, but you know, his, his shooting numbers have been pretty impressive, um, you know, as of late and it's an interesting player. Um, yeah. Five attempts he's a game. He's tough, he's smart and he can shoot. You know, mm -hmm. those are, if you get those in a, in a guard, um, that's going to be in your rotation. I mean, those guys tend to stick. And that's why he got, you know, I'd say that's probably why he got drafted in the first round because there's plenty of guards his size that can shoot. Like, I mean, look at Nate Darling. He didn't even get drafted this year. Um, you know, Sam Merrill got drafted 60th. You know, similar size, both shoot the lights out. But the difference for Jerome, of course, is that toughness, that IQ, and that grit yeah. he plays with. And I'm really happy that he's finally gotten a chance to show it at, you know, at the NBA level, um, especially with that, you know, great recent game that he had. So I think there's a role for him, uh, at least for a couple of years, minimum. Well, he, he, I think old when he gets older, he's, he's going to be a good European player. That's, mm. that's kind of my view of him right now. I mean, his statistical profile, and again, I love playing this game, um, look, looking at the stats uh, to, to see where if, if he can last to me they're a good sign 6 5 40 percent from the floor or 41 percent from the three-point line is what I meant uh and 60 percent three-point attempt rate so he's just a, a shooter right he, he's just gonna get shots for you if he can hold his own on the defensive end he is going at 23 percent assist percentage so that means that he can play that off guard maybe, maybe you don't want him to play primary but um, as he develops, he could even, you know, get, get into the, that starting line of the, the glue piece, the, the fourth or fifth man there just by, just by what, what he provides. Um, but yeah. And be before we move on from the, the OKC, I, I did want to mention Lou Dort and I think you wanted to mention Lou Dort as well. I just love the fact that he came out of nowhere, you know, played amazing defense in the playoffs and has been a staple for a, for a team that is expected to not play well alongside Shea Gilgis. I think I think Shea and, and Lou Dort are, are spearheading this OKC uh, p playing better than, than you thought um, until they fully go in, in tank mode uh, situation. But I just love the rate of growth. You know, like, he may not still be the, the best player, but the rate of growth is absolutely insane. Who, who's gone to... Who's gone from... Where where he's where he was at a season or two ago to where he's at now, in that short period of time, there's not a lot of players, and almost anyone you name is probably you know ha has been in MIP discussions or or is now a, a core factor of their team. So for me, I just really wanna. I'm very curious to see if this rate of growth continues, and in two years where where he's gonna be. That that's that's my thing because um it, it's hard he's hard nosed locks it down on defensive end and and he's getting to he's getting more bulldozy getting to the rim um and we'll see if he can do that more obviously he needs to develop other things like his handling his his playmaking his shot there's a lot to develop but the development has been so fast that who know who knows yeah and and one thing I want to mention about Dort is I mean he's still younger than me I mean do he just turned twenty two and even he better. went, I mean, statistically, the dude went from, I mean, two, you know, just under three three-point attempts per game at a sub-30% rate, or uh, percentage, rather, uh, to shooting six per game, burying two of them, uh, you know, at 35% from three with his defense. 
I mean, he transformed himself from guy who's going to come off the bench and give you intense defense and an athletic advantage uh, and turned himself into a legit 3 and D guy, at least so far. Teams were I letting mean, him shoot well, like 9-3. They're like, yeah, just let oh, him I know. 100%. Just yeah. completely leave him open. And now he's just like, and, all right. <laughs> and now he's gotten the reps. He's developing. And, you know, at his age, you know, by the time his second contract hits, or at least uh, his next contract, rather, he's... I mean, I don't see how he doesn't get paid for being a legit 3 and D guard that's going to help you in the playoffs because he's so stocky and athletic that he's going to be able to check some of those, uh, you know, James Harden-type players, the uh, the big guards. Um, maybe not all wings, but dude can play. And hit, you would think uh, with their current roster situation, his efficiency would have really kind of decreased. But it's actually, like, kind of increase this year in the in a bigger role which i think is is a really noteworthy thing for dort um look man so if, marcus really smart, see... if, if marcus smart made who he, like obviously smart can make more plays and then came in more point guardy than dort but like in terms of the defensive physical guard type archetype that you know eventually got to a high volume average percentage shooter I, I feel like there's a lot of similarities in in that regard um but yeah, yeah man I, I think i think dort's dort's crazy is there anyone else you wanted yeah. to mention ian and obviously if you have any thoughts on dort well yeah i want thought on dort i think alex talked a little bit about the contract and con this is more down your alley i know it's not a contract podcast but he got signed to a hinky special where he has like you know three years one million each year um and they signed him right before he got good and I don't want to say it's almost like a predatory deal, but it's just interesting that they, they found this guy, um, Arizona State undrafted, which obviously should have been drafted, but like, you know, they got him, they saw something and they signed him right there and then to like this, this long-term, like probably going to be the best value contract in the NBA moving forward. Kind of similar to something we see with like Shake Milton or, um, you know, with Duncan Robinson's on currently, but I mean, obviously, just, like, an incredible player to watch. Probably going to, like, make... He's up there with, like, Matisse Thibel, in my opinion, in terms of, like, young defensive guys that might make an all-defense team. You know, we saw, like, DeJounte Murray do that uh, really early in his career. So, I think the sky's the limit for him. So, so with that contract thing, um, that's always interesting to me because, like, generally you want to sign deals that benefit both sides to a certain degree. And then if you look, oh, well, the the Hinky special. And when we say that it's uh two team options at the end of it with each of them being non-guaranteed which like mm-hmm. non-guaranteed team options was always funny to me anyway i feel like they're you know it's it's already not it's a team option right like so right. If you, but anyway um i think especially with lou dort's level that he was at and the skills that he was lacking it's uh it's tough to give him any more than that right there's there's so many like in terms of what you can get at at a minimum or at that price um including players that are super young or in the g league or whatever there's a lot of options available and i think uh okc was like you know what we think he can become something so so let's 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 give him a contract let's keep him on the team and then you know the the minimum is still a million dollars a year right like i i feel like people you know forget forget that yeah he should be making more by his performance but there was no real indication that he was going to get to this level um and for him it's like you know what 
at least one year I'm, I'm gonna get this contract because the first year is guaranteed um, and then the next two years I need to earn you know I need to earn it so in, in a way it could almost act as a motivator or a chip, or a chip on the shoulder like um, and then he'll get that contract after that so I think there is some value in it uh, for the player as well I'm generally like if I was an agent I would never want to sign that contract regardless I'd rather just go two years on the rookie minimum guaranteed to get back out there quicker to not let the team get that much leverage but it's also like you know you're trying to hoop you know you're trying to hoop in the nba uh for you know a, even the minimum is is more than a million dollars a lot of the time so uh it is it is tough to to actually be in that situation and, and make that call um but you know i think in the end it'll work out for both parties hopefully he stays uh healthy and all that and he'll get a decent you know multiple year 10 to 15 million dollar contract depending like at this rate he will if he gets even better who knows um but anyway we didn't even talk about poku we're not going to talk about poku a lot of people talk about poku um so we're gonna we're, we're gonna move on to to some other players that uh josh mentioned and also ian mentioned i'm curious uh, to hear about these players i haven't dug in at all uh so josh giddy and usman garuba are the international pr prospects that we're going to talk about and then we're going to get into some get, get into some wings uh but let's get into some josh giddy in the nbl 36ers uh alex i'll let you kick it off yeah so josh giddy he's been one of probably the largest risers um since the college basketball season's ended and kind of starting in march uh, he's really just been playing out of his mind. I mean, triple-double threat, very creative passer at 6'8 point guard. Um, and his shot hasn't been that bad. He's shooting 31% from three, which is a, uh, which is low. It is low. Um, but a lot of people had him as kind of like a – he may end up being a non-shooter. So uh, there's been some encouraging flashes there. Um, but anyway, overall, he's going to be a 6'8 lead initiator that's going to give you really creative pick and roll games. He's going to be able to get to the rim, handle the open court, um, you know, kind of do a lot of the things that Leandro Balmaro was supposed to be able to do very well uh, in last year's draft. And he obviously ended up getting picked up, but he's, he's still stashed, but a lot of guys have him in the lottery now. And I have some hesitations, I'd be curious to hear your guys' thoughts on the archetype because what, he, what the tool he brings to a team is that creative passing at his size. But I don't think his on-ball defense is there, and I don't think his shooting is there. So when you have a guy that may struggle on the ball defensively and can't really shoot, well, but he's going to pass handle? How's his handle? Can he break there, his guy it's, down? It's pretty solid. I mean, yeah, he can get to the rim and pick and roll and – he doesn't really take a lot of ISO just because he's a very unselfish player in general. And he wants to be that lead guard. I mean, he's a, I'd say he's a pure point guard as far as that pass first mentality. So they don't really want him creating an ISO, but he'll get to the rim and pick and roll. And he can pass off a live dribble as well. I mean, for me, you're saying, and Ian, l let me know what you think of this, but you're saying six, eight, flashy point guard the stats i mean 11 7 and 7 like obviously and nbl the, the lamello comparisons are endless so far um but 
to me, the, the rebounding at that position one is extremely valuable. Uh, pulling in seven rebounds a game. He's 18, youngest player in NBL since LaMelo to, to get a triple-double So uh, a few, few weeks back. Um, so, I mean, just the rebounding and the vision alone at that position is exactly, is, is exactly what you need. For me, like a tall point guard that can see the floor really well and then also, you know, crashes the glass... As long as your jump shot is semi-respectable, which it seems like it could develop to that by what you're saying, maybe, hopefully, um, that's that's what you want. You know, th- that, that's what I want from, from my point guard. Uh, so yeah. it, it's it's not surprising to me just off that that he's he's rising up the charts, especially if he's been playing better as of late too, Ian. Any, yeah. any thoughts? Yeah, so I, when I watch Giddy, I think he's extremely dynamic. You talk about LaMelo. I actually think that um, you strip some of the early athleticism away. Um, he kind of reminds me of a half-court Lonzo um, in his pick and ro- in, the, in the pick and roll setting, at least. Like he's just he's always looking to pass. Um, I think Alex and I have actually texted just about Giddy, just like because he's so fascinating of a player. But you guys got Giddy. He's a little, <laughs> a little no. Giddy, a little <laughs> Giddy with, uh, with NBA Shallow, but he um, he's. A little upright, like in in terms of just his movements, um, at least from what I've seen. But um, I don't know. I, I wanted to like spitball that half court, like a better half court, less transition based Lonzo comp over to Alex. I know another popular comp has been Joe Ingles. I don't like that comp because it's because he's Australian, and like <laughs> yeah. I I think that comp is pretty lazy. I like, think that's lazy. And the shot isn't there. Obviously, Joe Ingles is going to, like, lead the league in true shooting percentage, which is amazing. But um, I'm curious, Alex, yeah. your thoughts on that Lonzo comp. One um, second, Alex. Well, I did not appreciate the lack of appreciation for the giddy pun that I, that I just made. <laughs> <laughs> stoic. Super stoic face, Alex. Anyway, t- take it. Take it from there. <laughs> it's because you stole it from me, man. I wanted to do it myself. Oh, my bad. My but um, bad. it's all good. But, uh, yeah, so as far as a half-court Lonzo, I, I, see the, um, I see the appeal of that because, you know, you have, like you said, a guy that can get to his spots in, uh, in pick and roll and make every pass uh, with the size to see over the defense. And I think that if Giddy sees the same type of shooting, like a uh, trajectory that Lonzo has been on, I mean, yeah, you got a legit jumbo initiator point guard that can shoot, pass, and, you know, do just about everything you want in a jumbo initiator. But um, I think he brings you one elite tool, and that's the playmaking. I don't think he's going to get any other elite tools. So the upside is is a little lower than maybe Lonzo's um, perceived upside, I should say. Um, but Lonzo's talking about getting, I mean, maybe 20 million a year. So that's a pretty good sign for Giddy's projection if you think that he can end up being that half-court Lonzo type, type initiator. And I think there's a route to route to get there, but it's going to take time for for his frame to fill out, for him to get stronger, uh, get better on the defensive ends. Uh, but he has a great mind for the game and the size and playmaking to be your your jumbo. So. I don't see an issue with taking him in the lottery if you want him to be your starting point guard, but so, you can't expect him to 
you know, to be a top scorer. I mean, he hasn't scored 20 points in, I mean, this whole year, as far as I've seen. Yeah, so. and I think certain archetypes and skill combinations or skill plus physical attribute combinations, regardless of what happens, get a certain shelf life that, you yeah. know, sometimes is undeserved. I'm not saying that that'll happen uh, with, with Giddy. I'm just saying that, like, for example, uh, one player that comes to mind, and not so undeserving, but the rate at, he, at which Jeff Green, for example, got the contracts he did for as long as he did, um, was strictly due to his physical attributes plus what potential that he could bring. So for me, when you say 6'8", and vision plus like somewhat flashy vision, creative pick and roll play, um, at the guard high position, high IQ, yeah, high IQ. So let's just simplify it to high IQ and 6'8", at the point guard. That's that's always gonna intrigue a team to be like, yo, let, let's just see, let's just see, um, because you're immediately have you immediately have a rebound advantage at that position, um, and I think that's that is somewhat underrated, especially on the offensive end, because the offensive rebounds that these players can get, um, we've seen it with Westbrook, uh, Lonzo and, and Lamelo both have amazing hands. I don't know how good his hands are, Giddy's hands are, but if he's pulling in those rebounds, like. Um, I'm, I'm assuming they're not bad. Um, and they're obviously, not bad. obviously Simmons, uh, Ben Simmons. So like, it's it's just so valuable that he. I feel like he's gonna have a, a certain shelf life, regardless of of you know how, unless he really caters. Um, well, yeah. So, so think anyway, about what that go ahead. what that does for your team. I mean, you get a point guard at his size that can grab and go in transition. Uh, think of even if you save just one second. In getting that transition down like that can create an advantage for your team 100%. and if you want to up your percentage of transition buckets or just transition possession in general that's what these guys can do for you that was the appeal of lonzo so they also have more you know, passes and, and, in their access not only can they see it because they're so oh, yeah, creative yeah. but like because of their height they can make them as well um indeed so so yeah anyway we, we got some other players yes. to get to let's let's move on alex i'm gonna go right back to you uh, with Usman Garuba, uh, let me know. Let me know about him a little bit. Yeah, so Usman's one of my favorite international prospects. Um, I, him and Gibby are fighting for the top spot right now. Um, but Garuba's kind of—he's a six-eight small ball five, uh, with with great length, great athleticism, uh, the ability to switch on pretty much any position in space, and. Um, just some high IQ play finishing and, uh, and cutting and rolling. So he kind of is a is, is a situation proof archetype as far as small ball fives go. Um, but the big question mark with him is shooting. Uh, he is shooting. I mean, if I recall properly, like 30% from three total or maybe 31, uh, roughly, but it doesn't always look as natural as you would like it to. But defensively, I think he's going to be a monster. I mean, he has like that big physical frame at like 6'8", 230 that can play guys like Bam and then switch on to the LeBron type guys. Like he has that Mark, that Morris type of strength. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? So uh, I think as far as, guys, as far as teams looking for guys that can play in the playoffs at that small ball five spot, Garuba is almost a perfect fit for just about any team that wants to do that. And he is getting notable EuroLeague minutes 
at a very young age and just had a monster game with 24 and 12, which is huge for him. Ian? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's, he, he's filling the shoes of one of the best EuroLeague players in Anthony Randolph, uh, who's like a really good player for Real Madrid. It's always interesting, mm-hmm. these guys that are like, um, you know, they're, they're producing in the EuroLeague at a high level. They're not just like these dragon bender types that are sort of like mysterious. You could, I mean, the, the Danny... Hokus. <laughs> yeah, playing in second division, you know whatever Yugoslavia I don't know where he was but um he was in Greece <laughs> Yugoslavia man <laughs> but that bro, you know bro, that Yugoslavia of... hasn't been a country in a minute bro <laughs> that was that was supposed to be the joke <laughs> okay damn all I right know, I know. um but the uh what I think of you talk about defending LeBron right and again this is kind of the way I like to think of I'm, let me just clarify real quick like I don't think he's going to be able to come in and defend those types of guys like right away but he had the size needed to Physical. yeah go with those guys and the physicality and the movement to be the guy you're you can at least put him on to mitigate something right 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 which is no one's locking him down yeah just the physical component in the in the movements and you look at him and he has pretty massive legs like he's like huge he's dude is strong very strong and like you know this isn't my, I can't take credit for this comp. I've heard someone say, you know, Paul Millsap or, you know, OG Ananobi in terms of just the physical component. Obviously the offensive game is, you know, that is something that we don't know yet um, in terms of what it could be. It seems pretty raw. It seems like there's also some, like when he takes the ball to the basket, some funky decision-making at least from what I've seen, but... Um, yeah, it's really up and down. Sometimes right. he'll have plays where he goes to the rim. Uh, he'll, like, attack a closeout in space and then Eurostep, get yeah. a perfect, like, perfectly open layup. Other times he just doesn't put up a great shot. So you don't always know what you're going to get with him, but the fact that I've seen the flashes that I have uh, is a pretty strong indicator that there's so much room to grow for him uh, on the offensive end. And... One other point I'd like to add about the shooting um, from the top of the key and the right wing and the right corner combined due to shooting 24% from three on about 62 uh, attempts, if I recall. On the left wing and the left corner, he's shooting 41% total. And I'm not sure why that is. I mean, obviously he's more comfortable on that side, but if you can at least get him good on one side of the floor. I mean, if he's shooting like a 41% three-point shooter on one side of the floor and you just leave him on that side of the floor and don't make him shoot on the other, I mean, you got a guy that can at least shoot a little bit. I don't know, what are your thoughts on that, Con? So from, yeah, and I've been waiting to to say this. Um, I'm, I'm out on six, eight, six, nine, fives. I, I'm, I'm out on small ball fives. Really? And, and this is what I, this is why, um, unless you're an anomaly, unless you're like, bam, right. W- where you can be top five, big, big in the league. But unless you're, you're, you know, this man is, is going to be able to be, you know, carry the ball, make some plays, switch on defense, also be a rim protector and, you know, be super strong as well. Like there's not a lot of guys like bam, um that, that can do the things he does in in that mold in that combination of skills so like i don't want to completely say i'm out on all six nine centers 
but um, unless you're BAM type anomaly, to me the size the size is just important. And I and I'm not one of those guys that's saying you you can't play six six nine guys and and, and you can't win a championship, right? I th- I think you can, um, but that also means you have that size advantage made up um, in the in the one and two positions in in, the, in that sense. So and, and if if you are an anomaly like like BAM, you can you can make up for that. But but like I'm not trying to have PJ Tucker be my five. I, I'm not. I, I'm not trying to have even Paul Millsap be my five. I'm not trying to have, um, you know, guys that um, are just going to get worked by Embiid, Jokic, or whoever else becomes that next. You know, I feel like Aiton could potentially be that guy who's who's overpowering people, um, who, who's just getting buckets. Like, that's why you need to have You're that. You're talking from a strength perspective? Are you saying outwork? Yeah, I am because one, you need to have the strength combined with the agility, and that's what I mean by anomaly. Because if you can't switch on defense, you're extremely vulnerable. The whole team's extremely vulnerable if your five can't switch on defense. That's why, like, we'll see, we'll see. Yeah, I, I know you, you. We're gonna see what Utah does in the playoffs. Um, they, they've, they, they've, you know, might, might mess up with my whole thought process on this, um, because they have been playing really well. Um, with with a you know, with Gobert who can't necessarily switch, um, but he does have a lot of things so well that you know it, it might be made up for. But for me, just as like a general basis, um, I'm I'm out on the small ball five archetype, um, and and I'm curious what what y'all think because I know that a lot of people are in love with it. But for me, I'm just I'm not about it um, unless you can rim protect and switch, which almost no one can do um bam and capella maybe but capella even isn't as good of a switcher as, as bam um but yeah so 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 that's kind of my my take on that um not yeah. very garuba specific but related understandable and and that's where i think guys like garuba have appeal at the small ball five is because they can switch every position yeah uh, i mean you see him in pick and rolls you know just instant switch like he'll either hedge or switch um but if guys take him to the rim, he blocks shots. I mean, he's only playing 16 minutes a game, but he still blocks about, you know, um, I think he blocks like 0.5 per game, but he's not really asked to do it a whole lot. And he has the bounce uh, of a rotating rim protector that can get up and make plays. He's not going to be, you know, obviously an elite rim protector, but he's not going to give up a whole lot either. And since he can move so well in space, you know, there's there's a role at least at the high rotation for a guy like that because even though he may not be Bam level rim protector or handler, he can still do a lot of the other things that Bam does. And I hope you like, like I hope you don't misunderstand defense, me. Move. It's it's at the highest level is is what I'm talking about. Like hundred yes. yeah, percent, yeah, yeah. you can you can you can have a role in the league. You can definitely uh, come off the bench. For me, it's just like. And maybe Garuba isn't um, at that level of prospect right now. And, and you guys nah, can let me know I don't think he is. In, in terms of like definitely going to be a starter or definitely projected to be a, star- a starter type, type five. I'm, I'm just talking about a team building perspective. Like for me, mm-hmm. if you're under, if you're six, nine or under and, and you're probably going to play five, you know, um, maybe you can play four and then and then you can you can you know work work some stuff out there because you know like Thaddeus Young at the four or 
uh, who who else like Millsap at the four? Honestly, for me is is a better um, fit, or even Horford. Generally, I, I liked it when Horford uh, could, could play at the four as well. Um, and that's a little bit backwards, but all these players I that I just that mentioned sentiment. is is versatile. Like they, they can play offense. They're not a defensive line. They can do a lot of things. And then and then at the five, you want someone that is like truly a rim protector um, to to cover mistakes and also somewhat versatile on on switches or just so smart that they know where to be that's why Jokic is an awful defender because he's just super smart and can be at the right places protecting people from getting to the rim because you're there on the stride is just as important uh as protecting the rim when they're at the rim um so so I think I think those things are important and so I just wanted to say that in general because I don't think I've um gotten my small ball five thoughts out as cleanly as that before on this show so yeah and, and that's why i think you'll like uh evan mobley quite a lot because he's like one of those guys that's so mobile he can defend pretty much any position in space but he's also seven foot with length and he can protect the rim with with some of the best of them hey, hey alex i have a, i have an idea for comp for mobley if you if you think it's what about someone oh, like God. a jonathan jonathan isaac type like is that is that like I think he is, I think he's a, I think he's going, he might have a similar shooting trajectory, maybe. Um, I don't know. I think Mobley's a little different in some, in some aspects. I think Isaac's going to play your fours still like, I mean, they, they're still both skinny, still both athletic and switchable. But I think Mobley's IQ is a major separator in that, in that aspect. Yeah, the late the late passing yeah. flashes in the tournament were amazing. Um, yeah. And processing some, speed is yeah amazing. Yeah. Before we go down almost, that again, were Jokic <laughs> passes out of the post to the corner. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know we talked about Mobley on the podcast uh, on the podcast before. We talked about some of those skills mm-hmm. uh, coming back to life in this conversation, of course. But, but yes, just to close on Garuba very switchable very strong you know he's going to be able to finish for you maybe shoot on one side of the floor um and make a winning impact on on defense that's that's just a big thing for for bigs like him so very excited to see what role he finds and where his development goes uh probably going to be a mid late well probably like a mid first round pick um depending on again you know what what changes in the process but in that 15 to 20 range but very very interesting player definitely worth tracking if you're in the small ball fives and just that you know the general european game yeah and and i mean playing i, I do think it's a plus for for people playing in euro league games or nbl at like 18 or whatever i generally i generally like that um just because that you know you can come in with a little bit more polish but of course and and especially as the game has become more global and and everything um it's just there's so much more talent everywhere um and yeah anyway let's we we did have some players to get to but i think we're gonna push that off to the to the to the next episode um to be uh kind to to everyone's time here so you can expect some uh let me we'll save it for then uh ian alex appreciate y'all coming through and discussing uh, these two international prospects, plus the OKC youngins. I, I love what OKC, like just Sam Presti, amazing, amazing. I'm curious what they're going to 
do with everything that they now have. Um, and good year to tank too. So, so we'll see what happens. Alex, uh, anything to plug or Ian, anything to plug to, for people to check out or not? Uh, not right now. Um, ho- hopefully we'll be able to get some public workout in the next month or so, but it's TBD. Dope. Uh, I've been just scouting in the New England area. I've got an interview coming out with an interesting 5'10 point guard, Daryl Simmons. Nice. Uh, but it's been fun. I've been, uh, I've been a couple months ago, just, you know, been going around watching some live basketball. So it's good to get back in the gym. Awesome. Oh, man. And, nice. you know, I, I was letting uh, you guys know before this, 